Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowling Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. There are a few matchups that I want to talk about. Uh, Nico Collins is one of them going up against the Colts this week. We saw the Jaguars passing game do their thing against them last week. And and it is Trevor Lawrence, right, and some very talented wide receivers. But they have a couple of undrafted corners on the outside. So, you know, Zay Jones was able to take advantage, right? Again, in week one, Nico Collins, 26% target share, 64% air yard share. That was the highest among all wide receivers. 15-yard average depth of target. So he's being targeted down the field. You know, this is matching what we saw in the preseason with the first team, right? So this isn't coming out of nowhere. Uh, You know, they were a pass-heavy team, right? I I know they went down in this game, but even when it was close early, they were a pass-first team. Right, they weren't just trying to establish the run game. Um, the Colts gave up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last week. So, you know, I like Nico as a, a wide receiver three with upside this week. Yeah, I actually had him in my notes too. I didn't like put together a whole spiel on Nico Collins, but he was one of those matchups I was looking at as like, yeah, this looks good. Dallas Flowers is a guy he's supposed to go against. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think we mentioned him on the podcast already once before, which is pretty funny. But Nico Collins, yeah. You look at the target share, that's all you got to really know. I mean, Robert Woods, if you had to pick between Robert Woods and Nico Collins, who's going to replicate the target share that they got last from last week, you're going to say it's Nico Collins every single time. It's yeah. pretty much like we outlined earlier in, in the show. It's Nico Collins and then everybody else. And Tank Dell, I think, can come out of that group and be a contributor. But until that happens, like CJ Stroud's looking downfield and he's finding Nico Collins. So you called it out in the offseason. It looks like he's making good so far. He's he's definitely worth a start, 100% this week. Now, would I venture as far as say Nico Collins over Garrett Wilson? No. Would you? <laughs> would I don't you? Think so. no, no, I don't think so. I love but, I love myself some Nico, but yeah. I can't see myself sitting Garrett Wilson for him. Not there yet. Not there yet. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna get there. Now, the, these these okay. So these numbers that I just mentioned here, these are like wide receiver one peripherals type opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's what that is. Now, 
will the talent meet that? We'll see. I, I don't yeah. think it will, but he could have one of those type of seasons where, you know, you know, he performs on this type of opportunity. So we'll see. We'll see where yeah. that ends up. You never know. <laughs> are, are there any other matchups that, that you wanted to highlight just, just overall? And, and we, we can kind of skip all over the place. Um, you know, just wanted to, you know, in this episode, we really wanted to just kind of highlight a couple of guys that we like and, and didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of looking at Terry McLaurin <laughs> and this is interesting because, you know, this is the bank, not bank Broncos defense we're talking about, but Denver, he's not, they're not going to be able to let Patrick Sertain shadow Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dodson. You know, they're going to have to move him around somehow because there's two good wide receivers in this offense. And that means McLaurin is going to see coverage from the have nots in Denver secondary. The guys that allowed Jacoby Myers to score two touchdowns last week. It's Damari Mathis is the guy that I'm looking at. Looks like it's going to be a good matchup. Howell didn't look great against the Cardinals, but that, that that's like a little concerning. But you give him the benefit of the doubt after what we saw from him in the preseason. Commanders have a strong defense of their own. I don't think any team's running away with this. It's going to be plenty of competitive. The game script will be optimal for Terry McLaurin to get some work done. I think that he can have a good week this week. So I, I like that one. Then there's I, other guys. Like- I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I agree with that, dude, because I think Pat Sertan is going to shadow Terry McLaurin here. I think that's really? just going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I do. And and I kind of like Jahan Dotson this week because of that. And I know I liked him last week, too. But, yeah, again, I did the wide receiver, two for the Raiders did his thing against the Broncos last week. You know, Pat Sertan did a really, really good job against Devonta Adams, right? Yep. That allowed Jimmy to shift his focus to another good wide receiver in Jacoby Myers. And we could see something similar this week. Uh, you know, if Sertan chooses to shadow Terry McLaurin, I, I don't think he makes that decision. Right. <laughs> his coaches do, but I think they're <laughs> yeah. going to make the decision be out to shadow McLaurin. Like, yeah, let me shadow him. I think we need to get some of that in here. And it just leaves yeah. his one side completely wide open. There's three wide receivers. He follows <laughs> one guy across the field in motion. That'll be funny. Now, the Hudson. Hots, uh, I, I, I did it again. I did it again. The Hudson. I, I can't <laughs> stop doing that. But uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, he, he earned a 25% target share, 33% air yard share last week. That led the team by far. So I, I think he could have a solid performance this week. Okay. I, and I think that, you know, I, I know that a lot of people view Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson kind of equally. I, mm-hmm. I don't think the rest of the NFL views it that way. I think they view Terry McLaurin as the legit wide receiver one on that team. And I think they're going to treat him that way. So now because of that, I'm going to treat Jahad Dotson as a, a solid wide receiver three this week. Yeah, you got me. Cause I'm going to say I view Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson very similarly. Maybe that's just yeah. a Cowboys fan of me, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I see like Terry McLaurin fits more of the profile of an X than maybe Jahan Dotson. But I, I think, from what they contribute, I think they're very similar. So you could be on this. Listen, man, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand packed on, on my belief that Terry McLaurin is a much better receiver than Jahan Dotson is right now. Like Terry McLaurin is on the level of, you know, some of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, but he just hasn't had the quarterback play to match. And he has one of those problems right now. Um, he has like an A.J. Brown type of problem. I don't think he's as good as A.J. Brown. He's been living with an A.J. Brown not, problem. <laughs> he's closer to A.J. Brown than he is than Jahan Dotson is to Terry McLaurin. But that, that, that's how I view these guys. You know? I, okay. He, he's he's closer you. to the elite. Would, Terry McLaurin yeah. is closer to the elite level 
than Jahan Dotson is to Terry McLaurin. That's 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 and and I think that's going to prove itself out. You know, with the toe injury that he had, he sustained. I, I think it's still going to be an issue for him. Um, and I still think, regardless of that, he's still going to get the the Patrick Sertan treatment this week. So so we'll see. Right. We'll see. Now yep. there are a few other shadow situations this week. Uh, Drake London versus Jair yeah. Alexander. That could I have potentially him as a bad matchup. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Oh my God, man. Uh, now Alexander. Now I, I wasn't expecting Jair to shadow DJ Moore last week, but he yeah. did. Uh, when he was on the outside, he didn't follow him into the slot, but he did. Um, and London doesn't play the slot at all, <laughs> right? So he's no. basically outside on <laughs> every play. So, so given the fact that you know he just gave you nothing last week, you know this matchup is not one where I want to put him back in my lineup. And this will be the week where he has a, a decent day. You know, suddenly yes, they'll be thro- suddenly good. they'll start throwing at Drake London just incessantly. Drake Nine, London, ten targets, seven catches, eighty-eight yards, and a touch. That's yeah. happening. I don't know. Jair Alexander, he shut DJ Moore down, but I'm just saying, like, Desmond Ritter is not an upgrade in any way, shape, or form over Justin Fields in the passing game. So, <laughs> I don't like the way hey, he man. was used, and now Justin... you have a bad matchup. Could it be back-to-back yep. eggs <laughs> to start 2023? Justin Fields, can you imagine, dude, two zero-point games? Um, Justin Fields um, did not make a good case, though, for that passing game to improve this year in that game. I, I watched that game again, you know, just the, just the throws, and it, it wasn't great. Um, you know, I, I it's almost like they didn't have an answer for the defense. You know, yeah. Well, what um, was what, if you watch again? What was one thing that stuck out to you? I want to see if we're on the same page. Did anything stick out to you about yeah. the passing game? He was late. He was late on throws. That was that was the main thing for me. Um, right. Where the the receiver would run the route, and it's almost like he turns his head way too late to his next read um and once yeah. he does that he kind of he kind of has to scramble around at that point um and he holds on to the ball too long so yeah there were there were and not only that um just a little inaccurate where the receiver once he gets to the and it's kind of similar i guess but once the once the receiver gets to the top of the route he's just not releasing the ball and right. you know the receiver could create a little separation there like dj moore was open on a couple plays um, especially when that's, he was running out of the spot. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Like, it seemed like he was afraid to throw deep. <laughs> you know, like he right, didn't want right. to. And it's if he's just going to be thrown short the whole time, like <laughs> that's not good. And it's it's interesting to touch on that because Justin Fields, that was supposed to be like he got the receiver. You know, they were supposed to be moving more towards the pass. He was supposed to take that next step. We saw it, the connection in camp apparently, and it, they just got shut down <laughs> by the Packers. So it. Really interesting. I don't know what to expect. Like Justin Fields, the rushing production wasn't even there. <laughs> it was it was a weird, weird game. This Packers defense isn't even that good, to be honest. You know, nah. so I'm I'm a little worried about the Bears offense right now. I'm hoping they can bounce I, back I would be. though. And I think Justin Fields think can, can too, from a fantasy perspective. You know, oh, yeah. um, he didn't need the passing yards last year when he was a top five quarterback for fantasy. So yeah. he's still being he's still ranked as a top five quarterback for me this week, top six, wherever I have him. But he had a so. very slow start last year. So, like, maybe we just give him some time to get his feet underneath him. But I hope so. I hope the so. starting job will not be his if he's playing like he did. So, are there any other matchups that you don't like this week or, or that you're kind of avoiding or temporary expectations on? Drake London was my guy that I said shouldn't be 
It's a tough matchup. Garrett Wilson was another one. Brandon Cooks, I mentioned earlier that he might be banged up a little bit, but even if he does right. play, like I said, he's going to be getting the DJ raid sauce Gardner treatment. Yeah. He ran 84% he, of his snaps on the outside. He's a bench. He's a bench this yeah. week. Like you just want just, just leave him on your bench. Yep, don't drop that's him. That's what I would leave do. him on your bench. <laughs> no, definitely don't sure. don't drop him. Definitely not. But yeah, if but some people also... might get tempted because you know they, they see the low output week one. He can't play week two. They get tempted because there's so many like not, shiny new objects on the waiver yeah. wire. Yeah, <laughs> right. What have you done for me? Um, and also, yeah. Cooks wasn't no drafted. Yeah, you didn't draft him as a starter either. Right. You draft him as nope. a depth piece who could potentially become a wide receiver three. Um, yeah. But I still think he can do that. It's just let's, let him get over mm-hmm. this matchup and let him get over this injury. Yeah. It, it's um, apparently it's like fine, but it was enough to put him on the injury report. So it's like not a big fan. Yeah. Devonta Adams is going to get some more shadow treatment potentially this week by Tredavious White. Um, he did follow Gary Wilson for the most part on Monday night, but I'm not worried about this one personally. No. Like Tredavious White is not on the level of um, Patrick Sertan at this point no. of his career. So Tredavious I'm not, not White, worried about that at all. When was he good? Was that like 2018 or 19? <laughs> he hasn't I mean, been no, good the past was, He was seasons. good. Yeah, I would say last season, the year before, and you know he got hurt. You know he was out for yeah. a while, maybe for the year, I think. And then, uh, you know, now he's not—he's just not the same player. You know, so he yeah. was a very, very good shutdown corner. He still shadows. Um, and you know, it was really—if Aaron Rodgers was playing yesterday, I think Guy Wilson would have been just fine. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Uh, DJ Moore might get shadowed by Carlton Davis this week. I, I don't love that either. Um, you know, I think DJ Moore has had good games against Carlton Davis before, but you know, it was with other quarterbacks. So we'll see how that how that ends up going. Um, any other matchups you want to highlight as being positive? And be positive? I don't know. I think DeAndre Hopkins, you know, if he's going to get the target okay. that he did, he's got a much better matchup against the Chargers secondary this week. J.C. Jackson allowed a lot of yards. Um, he did. Obviously, it's Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle instead of DeAndre Hopkins and a run-first offense. But I think you could definitely look at higher efficiency this week with DeAndre Hopkins than he had last week. If he gets that same target share, I think he could be in for 100 yards. You know, like that's going to be plenty startable. I don't think it's a bad matchup. And then also on the other side of the ball, like Mike Williams playing against Christian Fulton, he was a liability in coverage. Like I'm definitely looking at him, looking at him as somebody that I could start this week who had a pretty quiet week one. Um, I'm definitely looking at that as a good matchup. So that game has a couple guys, but outside of that, nothing really jumped out to me. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What about Zay Jones, man, against Kansas City? Um, you know, we saw... Like last week, you know, these these perimeter wide receivers, it wasn't just Amon Ra doing doing his thing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, we had Josh Reynolds <laughs> getting on the box score, right? <laughs> uh, Tyler loved him as a waiver wire pickup this week, and I think, you know, he did perform there. But Zay Jones, you know, Kansas City gave up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last week against the Lions. So this could be an opportunity where you can sn- kind of put Zay Jones in your lineup, a little sneaky. Little sneaky play, yeah. okay. This one, it's, I, I, it's not I think just I'm a more with that. Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it's going to be a high scoring game. Slot, it's going to be a high scoring game, so you got to target yeah. it, right? 
Um, and Calvin really, you know, coming out the slot, you know, not playing in those in those two wide receiver packages. I listen, man. I think Zay Jones is going to have a decent year this year. A go, yeah, uh, you know, across the field from Calvin really. Is yeah, this like a career Christian, year for Zay Jones? For Zay Jones? <laughs> I don't know. Might be. But Christian Kirk, just just a little side note here. I'm surprised Christian Kirk isn't being utilized as much as he was last year. And you know, Zay Jones is good, and I get it. Like, there's. If the game plan's working, that's fine. But like Christian Kirk, he was pretty good last year. So it's interesting just to me to see like he didn't do anything wrong to make you say, well, he should be off the field, but he's not playing as much as he did last season. If I'm Christian Kirk, I might even be a little bit happy because he got that massive contract. And now your workload gets stepped back. Your team is still going to be winning. You know, like you're just on a rotational contract. Yep. And you're just making your money. Like that's got to be a pretty good gig. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? Um, if you looked at those charts that Seth Walder put up, you know, from ESPN last year, Zay Jones was actually one of the best press coverage man beaters, getting the most separation of any wide receiver in the league. Like he was up there with like the top guys, not the best zone beater. That was Chris. That was Christian Kirk all day. Um, but in terms of man coverage, dude, Zay Jones is that dude. So. Um, you know, not super surprising that he was able to kind of catch up last year a little bit, um, towards the end of the year. Yeah. Now, like the zones, he likes the man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I I think how are you looking at Cleveland this week, man? Because Cleveland like literally shut down Joe Burrow and that offense. Uh, and now Kenny Pickett, you know, has to face him, right? Right. They couldn't get anything going against the 49ers last week, right? Cleveland gave up the, yeah least amount of perimeter fantasy points to wide receivers to perimeter wide receivers last week and the perimeter wide receivers were Jamar Chase and T Higgins so now does that mean that George Pickens is going to do something here I don't think so right (laughs) is the matchup fantastic no but do I think the Browns defense is as good as they showed in week one no (laughs) <laughs> they got an assist from the weather in that game. And when do you see T Higgins get seven, eight targets and not a single catch? Like that was just an outlier of outliers. We've seen the Bengals do this before where they have a terrible week one. Joe Burrow was not playing well. It's going to be a tougher matchup for sure, but I'm definitely not walking into this and th- thinking this is going to be another 49 or Steelers game. Now, if that happens, I'm going to look like an idiot, but <laughs> I don't think that this Brown secondary is as scary as they were last week. And I think that Pittsburgh has the talent to overcome that. Pat Fryermuth is going to be getting catches. George Pickens. Now, George Pickens, we, we can go back to this like we just talked about it. Do I think he's going to be getting a bunch of targets? No. But I think that there will be enough to go around and that the game is going to be closer than what we saw from either team's game in week one. So, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. I have a little hesitation, but I'm not pulling George Pickens out because I think, oh, well, the Browns are just going to shut him down. Like, no. I'll start George Pickens as a flex, happily. I hear that, man. Where are you you at with Puka Nakua this week? Puka Nakua, you know, he's the hot waiver wire out of the week. Where would you rank him? And I think you're going to be surprised. As to where I'm putting him this week. I'm probably going to be surprised as to where you're putting him. But they're playing the 49ers. So is this a good look? (laughs) No. But they do have Matthew Stafford playing a lot better 
this season than anything we saw from him last season. And clearly he trusts Puka Nakua. Threw the ball at him 15 times, caught it 10 times. So for me, I'm looking at it as there's nobody else really in this offense. I mean, Tutu Atwell had targets, yes, but not like Puka Nakua. If Puka Nakua is going to be the wide receiver one, I think I'll put him – well, where? let's see. Who who we just ranked? Garrett Wilson. We just ranked him as like a top 20, top 18. I think I'd yeah, put Puka Nakua – kind of just... Yeah, go ahead. I think I'd put Puka Nakua just behind him, like a fringe – wide receiver too like so I, i'm looking at like wide receiver 23 21 somewhere in there what do you think i love it yeah i have him i'm gonna be having him around wide receiver 20 on the week all right yeah 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 I, that's kind of where i, I have like, him i think to a certain point you can be worried about the matchup but then you also look at the volume that he got and it's just like that's undeniable and there's nobody else that's gonna be drawing targets you don't want to overreact to week one but that was way better than what anybody was expecting from Puka Nakua, and I think we can ride that wave in the week two. I'm not super worried about the matchup, to be honest with you. You know, this secondary isn't that great. I think the Steelers were just in a bad spot, um, you know, in week one. They were not prepared, I think. Um, and I think, you know, this week, you know, listen, this is Sean McVay, right? Like, he's going to be – he's he dialed he, – he basically schemed Puka up in this Cooper Cup role, um, and that's yeah. exactly what he did. Um, you know, last week the 49ers – they gave up out of the slot the tenth most fantasy points so to to slot wide receivers last week. So it wasn't all bad, right? They still gave up some points. They gave they gave up a lot of catches, right? To Allen Robinson exactly. and yeah, you know, Calvin, Calvin Austin. Austin. And, yep. You know what I'm saying? So like and Deontay Johnson before he got hurt. So it's not like these these guys were off the off the off the board. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were still they gave up some points. You know, and I know that they obviously had to they were in a negative game script the entire time. So a lot of catches, they had to, you know, they, they, they had to throw it a lot, but I think that's what the Rams are going to have to do anyway. Cause they ain't running it against the 49ers. That's for damn sure. No. <laughs> I, I wouldn't try that. <laughs> what about Kyron Williams? Uh, where, where are you at with him? Um, are you looking at Kyron Williams as a, you know, flex play? Are you playing him over cam makers? First of all? Yes. Yes. Okay. I would. And then, where are you? Where Where are you with him? Are you? Is he a top thirty running back for you? Is he a top twenty five running back? Is he somebody that you, you know? Now, obviously, this week, tough matchup, dude. Like, I don't want him in my lineup. Right. But rest of the way, can you see Kyron Williams as somebody who emerges out of this backfield, or is this a Daryl Henderson, you know, type of situation where you know Daryl Henderson gets all the work early? in the season and then kind of fades away at some point. I can see this being the Daryl Henderson situation, but I think it can last a little bit longer than Daryl Henderson did last year. Kyron Williams, did he look like great to you? <laughs> like anybody can beat one point, whatever yards per carry, which Cam Akers was doing last week. Anybody can beat that. So of course, relative to garbage, you know, like cardboard's going to look pretty good. <laughs> so, Kyron Williams, I'm not, I don't want to take away from what he did. He did score two touchdowns. He got usage at the goal line, which is what you want for Cam Akers. But if Cam Akers are going to be getting that and Kyron Williams is going to be just a little bit more efficient, like the coaches, are just, they're just going to go with Kyron Williams, whoever's doing more for the team at this point. They've been through this with Cam Akers before. So, I don't want to trust Cam Akers. I also don't want to trust Kyron Williams. But if you're short at running back and Kyron Williams is all you got. Like, like you said, this week, you're not sure you want to play him. But for the next three, four weeks, I could see him doing more than Cam Akers 
I don't really know what to do with Cam Akers at this point. I have him on my team, I think, in our league. And I'm not starting him this week for obvious reasons. You don't trust either of these guys against the 49ers. But I feel safer moving forward if I have Kyron Williams for the next four weeks in the short term than I do if I have Cam Akers. All right. I hear that, man. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, you know, I, I am traveling this weekend. I am going to try to get another podcast out uh, tomorrow so that you guys can uh, have something else to listen to, but also kind of get into a little bit more detail uh, in some of these matchups going into the weekend and also talk about some underdog pickums as well. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try to be back tomorrow, and then we'll kind of go from there. So I appreciate you guys. Um, again, if you want our rankings, it's going to be at upperhandfantasy.com. Um, you can go straight there to go check that out. With the rankings up there, every week we'll have waiver wires. Um, those rankings are updated throughout the weekend as well. So as injuries break and that sort of thing, um, we're just going to um, you know, keep it going throughout the weekend. So I'll see you guys live as well on Sunday. We go live at starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We go all the way up until 1230. So about 90 minutes live answering your start sick questions as well um and yeah that's gonna do it for this episode guys we appreciate you we'll talk soon see ya 2400 sports is an odyssey company 